It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This is a crowd podcast. Yes, John. How are you, man? Well, Beef, here we are. We've almost come to the end of Series 2 of Beef's Golf Club. We've got Beef Stock happening this week, uh, which is sure to be the event of the year. But what a series it's been. Mate, it's been epic. I mean, first of all, some of the guests we've had, Lydia Ko. Cernic Faldo. Cernic Faldo. Who you ended up next door to on the range. Ah, yes. My personal friend, Cernic Faldo. I've, sure, I've warmed up with him on the range. I've chatted to him in various corporate um, enclosures. And I'm convinced we're now best friends. Do you WhatsApp each other? We WhatsApp each other hourly. Um... <laughs> to talk about our schedules, our various corporate golfing schedules. And Cynic comes to me for the odd tip, I have to say. Um, but we've also had Ben Foster, Joe Marler, and the wonderful Pablo Lorathabel, who was so much fun to chat to. Yeah, it's been loads of amazing guests. I, I love Pablo, that you turn up and he's so casual about everything. Yeah, don't worry, everything's sorted and turns up on a golf buggy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but on the other end of the spectrum, we also launched the Beef 100 Club, which has been superb to hear about people getting into golf for the first time, getting back into golf. Uh, a lot of women finding ways into golf to sort of uh, overcome a bit of uh, hesitation about being on the range or on the course through Love Golf and attending those pitch and Prosecco sessions. It's just been wonderful. So keep all of those emails coming in. Let us know how you get on over the break beef at crowdnetwork.co.uk yeah the 100 club's been amazing just the lovely vibe about it and so many lovely stories of people picking up a golf club and not feeling not feeling judged or, or worried about heading off to the golf course and worried what people are going to think and i think that's just so good to have that inclusiveness and we can't wait to meet a couple of uh, the 100 club members at Beefstock and see what they shoot at north middlesex We've had some great confessions uh, to Father Beef, haven't we? 
We've had some great confessions. We've had some awful confessions. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> the one about urinating on the golf ball really does stick in the mind. <laughs> yeah, but he's got serious punishment for that. Yes, and rightly so. <laughs> that even you thought was too strong. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, we've talked through all of the major tournaments uh, this year. And the best thing about sport is it never ends. So next year, there'll be another four majors to talk through. And again, and again, and again, until the sweet release of death. Because um, that's, you know, sport is the film, the soap opera that never stops. Have we come to the end of this chipper debate on this series? No, because we haven't settled it in the battle of uh, the Team Wedge versus Team Chipper, which is happening at Beefstock. And we'll report back uh, about the overall winner, which will put an end to this for all time. So if Chipper wins this, what does this mean? Well, I wonder, is it a case of... Because, you know, I'm a, what, 14 handicapper versus you, top pro. So is it me hitting three with a chipper, you hitting three with a wedge, and then you hitting three with a chipper and me hitting three with a wedge to give a full balanced account? Yeah, I love that. And you're not allowed to purposefully mess it up. I love that, yeah. No, I'll be trying to chip it in the hole. Okay. okay. Yeah, let's do that. I love that. Yeah, there, there it is. But mainly the thing we've both enjoyed the most is how the community of Beefs Golf Club has grown. We've got a dedicated group of members who make Beefs Golf Club what it is. And you can head over to Facebook to join the Beefs Golf Club Facebook page where people are getting together for rounds, they're sharing tips, they're supporting each other. And really, that's what we want golf to be all about, including as many people as possible in this wonderful sport. 100%, mate, 100%. It's been an absolute dream to see everyone getting along and playing together and meeting it's been amazing to be honest but mate the good news is beefstock is happening this week and we're going to be releasing multiple episodes next week as part of beefstock week so everyone can be a part of it and get all the highlights from the event yes it'll be just like you're there with us um even if you're not attending yourselves i'm sure we're going to do another one at uh, some point in the future as well and uh, we're going to be sending you highlights, clips, excerpts from the day at North Mid. Uh, imagine Glastonbury, but even bigger. And Glastonbury's massive. So uh, look out for those episodes. And also the exciting news doesn't stop there, because as we mentioned last week, we have created the most incredible golf holiday package known to man in association with Ryder Cup Travel Services. You get a preview evening to hang out with Beef. Oh, where? In Rome. A full Ryder Cup ticket, which includes the practice day, the opening ceremony, and all three match days. You get four nights in a beautiful hotel, breakfast included, and travel to and from the course each day. This really is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, isn't it, Beef? It's going to be incredible. Like I said, I've never been to the Ryder Cup. Come and join me. I'm so excited to go and, and see it live. I'm so excited to... Meet everyone. I'm so excited to eat carbonara, cacio e pepe with everyone and just enjoy the four days. It's going to be absolutely epic. Yeah, and Beef has also created uh, bespoke uh, Beef Johnston goodie bags, which contain uh, a pepper army, a multi-pack of Space Raiders, uh, four cans of Stella, 20 fags, 
uh, and 10 euros cash to spend as you want. And that, that really is the absolute cherry on the cake, isn't it? <laughs> Just thinking, that is a great packed lunch. It's a, it's a great <laughs> picnic, that. Uh, the link is in the episode description, so go and get your tickets now. But Beef, shall we look back at some of the highlights from this series? Let's do it, man. Yes, John. We're back for another series of Beef's Golf Club, mate. How you been? All hail and welcome, Beef. Return of the Beef, man, in more ways than one. I'm good, thank you. I'm absolutely... Well, I'm firing on all cylinders, really. And I have to say, it's been a delight to watch your... What was it? Um, Four-day comeback? (laughs) Beef uh, had just over a year out, came back for four days, thought, I've made my point. They they know I'm up to the task, and he's uh, taking some more time off now. <laughs> we had a great question from Sean Clark, who said, Hi, Beef and John. So good to see Beef on the course again in Dubai. I wanted to ask, where did he stay, and how do hotels work when you're on tour? Do all golfers stay in the same place, and who pays for them? Actually, she didn't say who pays them. That's why I asked. I want to know. <laughs> Because if you stayed, if you missed the cut and you stay in a five-star hotel or a big Airbnb and that costs you, I don't know, five or six grand and your flight's a couple of grand and you'd miss the cut, that's all money lost, isn't it? Yeah, then you've got to pay coach, then you've got to pay your caddy as well. So like, yeah, it adds up, it adds up every week. They have like official hotels that you can stay in at the tour kind of like block out usually one or two hotels for the week. Dubai was a slightly different one. Usually you stay in a, I'll stay in official if they have like a car shuttle back and forth to the golf course. Or like sometimes it's like a coach or whatever back and forth to the course. Dubai, they've got cars going from like a, I think it was like a 25 kilometer radius to the golf course. So I saw a hotel, um, on the Palm of Dubai, picked that. Lovely. It was the Taj Hotel, but it did have one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in a hotel. Well, I had a lot of early mornings, right? So I was eating breakfast at the golf course. So the last day I stayed there, it was after the tournament. So I've come in, I've got breakfast at like nine, ten o'clock. And next thing, this lady walks out in like a dress and starts playing the violin at breakfast. Wow. It is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. You've got people scrambling to go and get like their fried eggs, omelettes, picking up croissants, fruit, juices, whatever it is, like walking around her. And she's just in the middle of this buffet playing the violin. It was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. You've never you've never had a, a buffet soloist before? <laughs> Mate, you're Premier Inn. Whenever I'm in a Premier Inn, there's always a buffet soloist. Travel Lodge, just have a drummer. Just a full kit drummer when you get when you get in your complimentary continental breakfast from a travel lodge. Uh, Ibis have a, just a guy with a, a flute. Um, he, he stands in the lift at, a, at an Ibis playing the flute just to sort of uh, ease you into the day. 
What hotel? What hotel comes out with the spoons player? Spoons player. Well, that's a that's a Holiday Inn Express. Is a spoons player, but he's got he's like more of a one man band. So he's got the spoons on his legs, then he's got um, the the harmonica in his mouth and the big big bass drum on his back. They need to sort that out. Actually, it's quite chaotic. <laughs> Uh, so were there other like players at the hotel? Have you got and and what are they choosing for breakfast? You know, is Rory trying to sneak a croissant into the toasting machine, even though there is a sign expressly saying no croissants in the toasting machine? <laughs> Patrick Reed making little sandwiches, trying to sneak them out for his lunch on the course. Yeah, the play the players' lounge that week's yeah amazing. So like. All the guys, yeah, getting their bits. You see, some guys might take uh, some food away with them, either protein shakes or see a few guys with their own jars of peanut butter and stuff like that. But generally, everyone's just eating eggs, uh, cereal, usual, usual stuff. Nothing. Um, I haven't, I haven't seen anything wacky, like anything weird. Where do you stand on the chipper? Oh, the um, like the thick one. The the cool club for cool people. Yeah, the the thick one that's like a putter, but looks like a wedge. Yes. And then you kind of like make a putt in action, and it goes in the air. That thing. Like um, if you actually don't make contact with that, like you've got more serious problems than now. Not even. <laughs> um, I can't lie, but I've definitely seen some of my pro am partners um turn up with that, and I've been intrigued to chill with it too. <laughs> I'm like, dang, why are we making life so complicated? Um, Here we go. Here we go, beef. This is what I'm talking some- about. Sometimes I do get like, you know, a scraggly lie in the rough and I'm like probably one of those things that literally spoons the ball up and out is is uh, something what I need. But in saying that, I am very happy with my Vokey wedges that Aaron have built me. Um, I do think in the standpoint though, like technology is getting so advanced that like um, it probably doesn't have to look like that Uh and like for it to perform well um and i do think like half the time with golf like you have to stand up and like have the courage to go up and hit the shot uh so would i put it in my bag or would i tell like a 36 handicapper or an 18 handicapper to put it in their bag probably not hmm i'll tell you what i think i I think we have to take that as an endorsement in general (laughs) lydia ko world number one said sometimes it's something i'd like to have in my bag if i'm in a scraggly lie (gasps) no no no, you've missed the important bit if i saw someone with it probably not that's the (laughs) that's the key here you had me sweating so bad because John is very pro chipper and I've told him to get it out of his bag and let's chip better with, with a wedge or whatever you want to chip with. And early on there, I thought you were going to be pro chipper no. and I thought I was going to lose this debate. No, it's honestly though now, um, I mean, I'm not sponsored by uh, Vokey or, or um, but like when you even, uh, I'm just playing the wedges that I feel are the best for me and that are the best. Um, but uh, Aaron, um, he builds 
you know, different grinds, right? I think the K grind has like a very wide soul. So I don't think without having going to the extreme of the the chipper, the K grind like gets you well out and enough out of that. And sometimes I've looked at the club and I'm like, you know what? It's just so easy to like chip with. Um, and then, but then those, it's like very one dimensional for like that chipper, I think. Like you couldn't hit it in all shots. Like I'm not really sure. I've actually seen someone hit it out of a bunker, but it doesn't work as well as like some some things. But I do think it's like a little bit more one dimensional, whereas like with a normal wedge, like you can hit flop shots and tighter lies and bunker shots and plug lies and all that. Well, sorry, John. Actually, <laughs> if you're trying to chip out from the rough, say you're trying to get under like a branch. It comes out so low. It's almost like a little sort of um, eighty-yard stinger. But is that necessary, though? <laughs> it, it, it is if you're as bad as me, and Lydia. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you my chipper. If I was to ask you, Lydia, what do you think John's handicap was? What would you think it'd be? I at first thought it was a single handicap, but now he has a chipper, and um, I'm very contemplating. Like, if he is actually a single handicap, Look, that, that's not ugly, is it? It, it kind of is. <laughs> it it looks it looks like a driving iron, um, but I honestly I can't even see the brand. Um, there's probably a reason why some of these bigger companies don't make a chipper anymore. <laughs> That's probably like see, a big reason. If I was to see that on like the side of the road and not in a golf shop, I would probably take it home and use it to sort of get the ash out my fire. <laughs> I mean, I I have seen it and I've been intrigued by it. Um, I've seen other people hit it. And then and saying that, though, it's like not that easy to hit. Like you think like it's which which be, defeats the purpose. It like should be easy to hit. Like you should be able to walk up and like hit it. Um, but I'm definitely like leaning a little bit more to B side. I yeah, I'm just having like a contemplation in my head like. People have got to do what they got to do to shoot the lowest lowest possible score, and there is no pictures on scorecards. So, John, if it means that you have to use a chipper, obviously no one can stop you, clearly. <laughs> well, I think, uh, you, do you know what? Sometimes I have been guilty of not paying attention to the shot because I'm so confident with it that I've actually duffed it. The un- I've duffed the unduffable club because I've not even I've just picked out not even taken not really set up properly so you're right there then obviously you've got the the dinner so the person who wins it the next the next year he has to put the dinner on for all the past winners and they have a dinner and they have to basically organize the menu so you've had like all sorts of different different food i think it was um few people have picked like barbecue and stuff like that and yeah all sorts of different stuff what would you what would you have as your menu john well you want to please everyone so it's got to be pizza express um <laughs> but i wouldn't go takeaway it would i'd get i'd get pizza express in to cater it so you'd have like a big trough of dough balls and a big like trough i mean <laughs> It's probably the first time the word trough has been associated so heavily with the champion's dinner. But I want troughs of uh, Pizza Express salad dressing. I want troughs of their sort of pesto dough ball dip. 
uh, I'm going to say another a smaller trough of anchovies, and then um, you know just just everyone has either classic or Romana. And um, those big bottles of Peroni that no one likes because Peroni is absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Would you would you get the dough balls in like pyramid format, like the rain? Yes. Oh, great idea! And also at Christmas they do those dusted dough balls, so we could actually make them look like golf balls. A little pyramid of dusted dough balls, beef. What a great idea! Get rid of the trough. <laughs> Everyone comes to the table. They got a little pyramid of dough balls next to them, and a pizza like a green. So you could have the egg in the middle as the hole if you're having a Fiorentina. <laughs> you could have the the anchovies as like a water hazard on one side of the pizza. I like I, I'm liking this beef. What would you have? Obviously, you're barbecuing, aren't you? If, if you're doing it. <laughs> to be honest, I've been thinking about this for quite a while and I've chopped and changed so much and I've actually written a proper serious menu out and you've just blown it out of proportion with Pizza Express and uh, Pyramid Dobles. Go for it. Hit me with your menu. Uh, I w- so it would be five courses. Yeah, yeah. I would start off and I would have the Birican ham and cheese as a star, one of my favourites. Okay. Then there's a pasta dish in Rome Right. Cacio e pepe, cheese and pepper. One of the best pasta dishes in the world. Just cheese, just pepper. Sounds like a student who's run out of stuff. Oh, mate, they make it with um, parmesan pecorino and then pasta water, make the sauce out of it. It's incredible. Oh, I might have that tonight. So what do you... Hang on. (laughs) This does sound like a student who's just gone into their kitchen and found there's nothing there. So you make your pasta, then what do you do? So you make your pasta, grate your cheese, you've yeah. got your pepper, uh-huh. boil the pasta, then you've got your pan, drop the cheese in, bit of pasta water, pepper, make like a sauce, and then pull uh-huh. the pasta out, drop it in the pan, but you can't be too hot. It yeah. has to be like just warm, and then just whip the pasta in it. And it's oh, like man. this cheesy, peppery sauce. It's incredible. Sounds easy, but it's hard to like nail it. That's why it's so good. Roman dish. Every time I go to Rome every year, I'll get it at least four or five times. So you've served this to Tiger Woods and you hear him turn to uh, Nick Faldo next to him and go, has he just served us, is this just pasta and, and cheese the, at the champion's dinner? <laughs> is, that, is there a mistake? Did they run out of Wagyu beef? <laughs> I'd say the only mistake is you not getting out and about enough, Tiger. <laughs> you're not traveling enough that's what i would say the only mistake you've made is how you've missed that for 45 years of your life i mean this guy is this guy a jackass you see what he did with his green jacket last year <laughs> he was on he was on a quad bike spewing up a kebab over himself even i didn't do that at my worst <laughs> <laughs> okay so we got your cheesy pasta blackened cod Oh, now we're One of the greatest dishes in the world, again. And then a certain steak from Spain called a chaluton chop. Oh, I think on the menu it should say a certain steak from Spain. That sounds (laughs) very classy, very mysterious. It's my all-time favourite. And then my mum's apple crumble for dessert, if you can eat dessert after that um, absolute congealing of mixed food. So is she out there making apple crumble for 80 people? (laughs) 
Yeah, 100%. Or does everyone get a little Tupperware box that she's put it in? Probably by the four courses, yeah, they're going to be absolutely finished. That would be my menu. Speaking of uh, American superstars beef, you're not escaping the fact that you still haven't got hold of Mark Wahlberg. What's the latest? Wherever it was left in series one. <laughs> oh, no. no more no more blue ticks, oh, no more no. messages. I can't I, I can't ask again. I can't ask again. I can't do it. I'm gonna go after DJ Khaled for series two. Get to Wahlberg through Khaled. You know, you never know. You've just gotta gotta send out your uh, positive vibrations through the universe and hopefully Wahlberg will come back to us. I've got one more confession. And I did this the other day. Yes. I sent some email to Barack Obama to try and get him on. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I may have had a few beers and I got a bit hyped up, but he loves his golf and I'd love to get him on. And no word of a lie. I went on, I found his webpage and then I sent him some message saying, I'd love you to come on podcast. How do you get Barack Obama's email address? Well, no, it's like you go online and then you send a message and then probably like 50 people look at it and I probably won't be allowed back in America now, I guess. Wow. That would trump all of them. I think I would be quite nervous about speaking to Barack Obama. <laughs> I mean, because Martin Lewis is kind of my level. <laughs> what would I ask Bravo Oscar? The first oh, question man. you ask him is, have you ever hit the shank gong? Surely. Have you ever hit the shank gong, Mr. President? <laughs> Do you think he's got an Air Force shank gong, like a proper one with the sort of the eagle and the stars on the shank gong? Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I would love to see they they used to have one I used to go up to a one golf range quite a lot in Barnet and they used to have like this big kind of like bell you could hit balls at as well 
Oh, nice. It was like similar to a shank gong, but it was like a good strike gong, you could call it. Well, I think like every single bay on the uh, on the fun bit is going to be separated. Instead of having those little sort of low walls, you're just going to have big circular gongs <laughs> that sound when anyone shanks it. And we maybe need to have a rule about how many shank gongs before you get before you're forced to pay for a lesson. <laughs> Unless you're like a kid just learning, but if you're if you're seriously um, shanking, maybe three shank gongs, and you have to have a half hour lesson. Do you get like a discount on it? On the lesson? Yeah. So because because we're so inclusive, you've got to think about it, and someone's got to come around and say, "Look, come on, mate, you've got the shanks." Well, maybe one of our pros is going to help you out here for a quick half an hour. Here's here's thirty percent off. Well, how about instead we've always got a pro who's like sat in an office next to the range and when he hears or she hears three shank gongs, a little like red light and alarm sounds in the office <laughs> and they have to go out and give five minutes of tuition for free. <laughs> so you're summoning the pro and people will be like, oh, how, how do you go on the range? You're like... I summoned the pro. You could add it into a bit of mental stuff as well, couldn't you? And build it like, so like if you hit one shank and then a big number one comes up and everyone knows that he's on number two and he goes, if he's doing it again, the pro's going to come out and give him five minutes tuition. And I mean, no one wants it, but everyone can see it. Say you were just struggling but not hitting the shank gong. Maybe you could like ring it, just hit it three times and that summons them but then that that might they might be a bit rushed off their feet then <laughs> do you know what i would really like on a range as well is like having like um nets placed up in the air quite high so you could hit like different flights and try and get them in the nets that might be all right for the likes of you but i'm going to get quite frustrated when all my drives keep flying into nets no little ones they're little so like you wouldn't get many going in so maybe like every hundredth ball someone could win a prize it's not going to be easy, but then it gets your attention and you're playing a game and you start hitting sort of, I don't know, a six iron and you've got to hit it a bit higher, a bit lower and it gets people practicing different things. Because like when I'm on a golf range, I love it. If I see something on the, on the range, a tree or whatever it is or something a bit quirky, I start hitting golf balls at it. If we've got a tree on our range, then we haven't finished setting up our range, have we, to be honest? <laughs> Yeah, just aim for the house. Aim for the house on the range. Just make sure he's closed his windows because he doesn't half get annoyed if the ball's going into his bedroom. What about like Quidditch rings as opposed to nets? So you actually have to fire the ball through the ring. How would you know it's gone through? You see it with your eyes. Oh, the ring lights up. Ah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> if it goes through the hoop, it could just come out on a massive speaker saying, you're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be on the, like, bottom half of the range. <laughs> um, what other targets could we have? Actually, we did have a suggestion. We've had some people um, message in about this. Kevin Shannon says, a fake ball cart target. Everyone likes aiming for the ball collector cart, so we could have a fake one to aim at, and you get points if you hit it. What about that? Yeah, that's genius. Do you know what? Years ago, I was down in Middlesex County at a place called Desert Springs, and we got carried away and I started pinging golf balls at the at the machine, the guy driving the machine, right? But I mean, I'm hitting like three irons at him. <laughs> like this. So anyway, I've, I've hit one from like 200 yards out or whatever. And then he pulls up the thing and he gets out and he's limping and the thing didn't have a cage on it. Oh, it was mate. just like um, <laughs> It was just like a plastic thing. So the ball's gone straight in and just twatted him in the leg. <laughs> oh, no thanks. Have you ever been hit by a golf ball at full speed? No, no, I've been, 
I've been lucky. I've been all right. Well, I think like at the top side of the range, maybe we should, because we want pyramids of balls on the grass range, because that is just the best site in all of golf. The little pyramid of Pro V practice balls. So I think for the top range, it's like 15 quid and there's sort of no limit to the balls. You get your pyramids, they're all there. We restock them. They're nice and clean. They're not covered in grass and mud. And then the lower half, maximum, because remember Tom Davis's rule, it's 50 balls max. So it's like five quid for a bucket on the bottom range. You're hitting at targets. You're hitting at like a fake cart, maybe a little robot cart that just drives around. And you've got your shank gongs. Top half, little bit more classy affair, little bit more focused. You've got the grass range. And then for when it's like really, really muddy, you've got bays behind the grass. Also, the great thing about grass range is you get to select your tee height yourself. There's nothing quite as frustrating as when you get to a range and they've got two tee heights, those little rubber tees, and one of them's too long and one of them's too short. And I have a confession to make, Beef. And I maybe have to ask your forgiveness, Father Beef. I took a pair of scissors to the range and cut the long black one down so it was in between the black and the orange one. And then I kept it in my bag for about four months until I lost it. Because the black one's too high and the orange one's too low. Do I get, do I I get forgiven for my Beef's Golf Club confession? Oh, I just wish there's someone filming that or something for CCTV <laughs> to come out with some scissors. <laughs> it's pure forgiveness. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. What are we going to call it? I was thinking maybe the cattle grid. <laughs> or we could call it the paddock. The paddock. <laughs> yeah, the paddock's quite good. It's got a nice ring to it. Yeah, I don't mind the paddock. And um, we're not going to have actual cows. We could have a few cows on the course, like stuffed cows or fake cows, actually, for people to aim at. So you get your 100-yard cow, your 150-yard cow, and then your 200-yard bull. That's amazing. That's the idea, though, right? So you know when I said about giving prizes out, and you could have like a couple floating cows up there, and then when someone hits it for the hundredth time, stakes on the house. Stakes on the house. Yeah, that's good. And they could sort of moo when you hit them. <laughs> I think we're going to have to find some way of insulating the sound of the lower deck from the uh, upper deck. Some of the championship players might get a bit frustrated with constantly hearing, You're a wizard, Harry! Mm. <laughs> Free steak! <laughs> Gong! <laughs> <laughs> you have summoned the pro. <laughs> Have you ever found anything coming into the morning at the course in any of the holes? Any surprises or anything in the bunkers or anything where you've turned up and just gone, what the fuck is that? Well, you definitely get the uh, the odd cock drawn in the bunkers. Especially if you've got like a public footpath through. That used to happen a lot at Sunningdale. At <laughs> Sunningdale? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because there's a public footpath that runs right through the middle of the, the golf course. <laughs> One of the lads. Fortunately, it wasn't me. One of them found a shit oh. in one of the the hole cups on the fourth oh, hole. Oh, Jesus Christ. Was it Sunningdale again? Yeah, it was at Sunningdale, yeah. <gasps> I think it was... Lineker. Yeah, it probably was. <laughs> he doesn't live too far from there. He's a member. Oh, is he now? Yeah. Triple bogeyed the hole. Thought, I'll show him. I just can't believe that's happening at a golf course like Sunningdale. Yeah, when you've got a public footpath going right through the middle of it, then... Uh, 
expect anything. <laughs> Without betraying members' confidence, have you seen any top celebs there? I came across Mark Wahlberg one morning. Whoa! <laughs> Very early. No way! <laughs> Was he busy ignoring um, WhatsApp messages? Yeah, I think he must have. I mean, to be fair, he did have his phone in his hand, but I, he quickly put it away. <laughs> <laughs> he was hitting block. Yeah, he was hitting that block button. Yeah. Was he running? No, but he turned up with an entourage. I didn't know who it was. I was on the putting green. It was pitch black. I looked across and I saw six or seven guys get out of a car. So I saw them all getting together. I was carried on mowing my lines. As they approached, I turned around and there's Marky Mark. Well, I didn't really know what to say. I was a bit starstruck sort of nodded, said good morning and enjoy your round. Off they go to play in the pretty much pitch black, but the sun was just coming up. I think it, it really did not take him long to get round because I wanted to try and get round and see if it was him. It, I, I wasn't just seeing things. But one of the lads who I was working with, he got told off because he took a selfie with Mark, <sighs> which is a big, big no-no, but he said it was worth it. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least someone here at Beef's Golf Club has gotten in with Mark Wahlberg. Do you reckon you could uh, put us in touch? I'll put the feelers out Okay. And see if uh, he's been around the dale recently. Have you ever been hit by golf ball, Will? Yes. Only once, fortunately. I was raking bunkers on a Sand Pro, 16th fairway bunker. I thought, you know, I was miles ahead of golf, basically. Happy, I had my headphones in, driving around, didn't think anything of it. Like I say, thought I was miles ahead. And it just came over and piled straight into my shoulder blade. I felt this almighty whack and I was like, what the hell was that? Took my headphones off, turned around, and there's a golfer stood on the tee. Didn't even, didn't have his hand up, didn't shout for it. He must have, he was just walking towards me. Turns up, he goes, um, it didn't hit you, did it? And I was like, yeah, it did. He's like, oh, sorry about that. Dropped his bag and took his shot. Jeez. I mean, you, you did have your headphones in. Well, only have one in. Okay, fair enough. But, and the air defenders as well. Obviously, machinery's loud. One of the things I've always noticed from a greenkeeper, seeing greenkeepers, they have a really distinctive nod <laughs> when you're on the machines and you're cutting the fairways or aprons or whatever you're doing on a machine. Yeah. And it's always, I always wave and I'm like that and you always get a... Yeah, just a, the drop of the head. I want to see the nod. <laughs> Go on, I want to see it again. So. Yes! <laughs> and then off you go. <laughs> Yes. And if it's a member, you know it's a yes. hand up as well. <laughs> the ones you, it's the ones you like that get the hand, the, the, the wave. Oh, that's the, that's a sign then. That's like a universal yeah. greenkeeper's sign. I, I'd say so. Definitely, I tend to put the, my hand up to the ones I like or the ones that give me the time of day. That's incredible. Well, speaking of embarrassment beef, uh, the golfing confessions are pouring in from our members, uh, wishing to be forgiven and absolved of their golfing sins. So are you ready, Father Beef? Have you got your cassock on? Oh, yes, I am ready. Okay, so beef's in the confession box. Uh, what have we got? This is from Simon Hemelrick. Simon says, forgive me, Father Beef, for I have sinned. I have been known to hide spare balls up my sleeve in the likely event that I can't find my ball in the rough. I drop one when no one is looking and pretend I have found my ball. That is the most extreme form of golfing sin I think you can have. But Father Beef, I'll leave it to you. What do you say? Simon, that is awful. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say, Simon. That is awful. You cannot be forgiven for that at all. Dropping extra balls and not telling anyone is... 
like John said, one of the biggest sins and you cannot be forgiven. I mean, I like to think that Beef is a merciful god slash priest in this scenario. But I don't know if you've ever heard of the unforgivable sins. They're, they exist both in Christian culture and also in Harry Potter, the unforgivable curses. But I think I've got to say, Simon, that is unforgivable. <laughs> um, because also, you're only cheating yourself. That's the stupid thing. Does he need to do any kind of repentance, actually, Beef? Uh, I think I'll go down similar to, like, the Lashes route for being bad, and you must rake a thousand bunkers. That's quite a few bunkers. <laughs> but, yeah, Simon, you've got to rake a thousand bunkers that you don't play out of. So next time you're on the course, you know, you're waiting for your mates to play, rake a bunker. I mean, that's just good advice for anyone. Uh, next up is from Edward Whitehouse. Uh, Edward says, forgive me, Father B, for I have sinned. I recently broke a club commandment and said, that's one, when my playing partner tapped the ball off the tee setting up. Oh, it's always that, isn't it? Where you're just going, don't say it, don't say it. Shit, I've said it. It's a minor sin. We've gone from sort of the biggest sin in golf to the to the smallest sin. But um, I think we can forgive that, don't you, Beef? Oh, 100%. Yeah, it really is a minor sin. It's just quite frustrating. <laughs> Next one comes from Stu. Dear Father Beath, forgive me for I have sinned. I've hit the world's biggest slice and now the driving range is looking for me. What do I do? Do I own up? And Stu has sent pictures. He's first sent the tracking data from the course of the shot, which shows the ball going, I'm going to say... 170 yards right of his target and then the golf centre have put a picture on Instagram of a range ball in the farmer's field opposite saying any ideas who hit this range ball found it this morning 150 yards out of the range that was some slice <laughs> I mean at least you've got your ball back yes that's a positive or if, if it's a range ball you've got that range ball they found it I mean, it's an incredible slice. I do forgive you because it's not your fault. It wasn't done on purpose, but we should definitely um, try and help you out. Yeah, it's not a sin to be bad at golf. That's not a sin at all. We want to encourage you to be bad at golf because then you get better. I want to know who found the ball and how. What were they doing in that field? The farmer must have found it. This is from Adam Brown. Forgive me, Father B, for I have sinned. On my last round, I needed to take personal relief and there were no toilets nearby, so I found a very nice oak tree to use. I was enjoying my call of nature when clattering into the branches above me came a ball. It dropped at my feet and I didn't hear a shout and the shock stopped my flow. I was feeling upset and also still had a little bit of wee left, so I finished off all over their ball and then carried on with my game. Oh, God! What is my punishment, Grand Vice Cardinal Big Dog Beef? Jeez! Oh, man. <laughs> well, I know how I feel about this, Beef. Uh, what's your what's your ruling? Is that a sin there? Oh, I just need to gather my thoughts for a second here. This is outrageous. <laughs> That's, oh, it's definitely a sin. Yeah, that's really, really horrible. It's a big sin. I just... Oh, God. Yes, they should have shouted four, but you can't do that, man. You should always shout four if the ball is going out of the area where you can see that there's no one. How? So you should shout if it's going towards trees because you don't know whether someone is going to be in those trees. However, being annoyed that someone hasn't shouted four when you're in quite a concealed place anyway 
is not really an excuse for urinating on their golf ball. Surely it would be punishment enough that they would come and find their ball resting in a sort of wet patch of ground by a tree and you can kind of do the maths yourself on what's happened there. <laughs> I think that's really bad. The punishment is going to have to be... You know you know when you want to go... Because obviously your wee comes out warm and on a nice, a nice summer's day, you want a nice cold drink, whether it's water, whether it's a juice, orange juice, lemonade, a beer. Obviously. He's in, he's going to have 20 years of warm drinks. Yeah. You know when you come off and you're gasping or you see something, a nice cold drink, and they're like, uh-uh, not for you. We can get one that's been sitting here in my boot for two weeks in the sun. Hot squash, hot Coke, hot beer, any, anything hot. You're not, he's sinned. You can't have that. It's 20 years of no cold drinks, no ice. I was really concerned where you were going with that beef uh, for a second there. I thought you were going to condemn our listener to uh, drink their own urine for the next 20 years. Are you talking hot squash? Hot squash, hot Coke, hot beer. Hot Coke. <laughs> Any, anything uh, hot, you're not... He's sinned. You can't have that. It's 20 years of no cold drinks, no ice. I mean, 20 years is quite a long time. So you pissed on a golf ball? I reckon it's hot drinks for all the time that winter rules aren't in play <laughs> for the rest of your golfing career. <laughs> So from from April to October, it's hot drinks only. Yeah, I agree. That's that's a big sin. <laughs> I also fucking hate those those things that people pull out. Oh, there's this prat that pulls out all the time. Um, it looks like a camcorder, and I'm like, what? A range I'm finder. Like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, he goes, oh, it's a range finder. I was like, what for? He says, well, it tells me how far it is to the flag or whatever. I said, why do you need to know that? And he goes, well, because then I can decide what club I'm going to use. I said, "What does that make a difference? He said, yes, it does. I was like, just use your eyes. Like, it's not that fucking hard. You don't need to spend 200 plus quid on a thing that looks like a camcorder, makes you look like a prat pulling it out. <laughs> Please, John, tell me, tell me. You I don't please tell me you don't have a rangefinder in your bag. I do I do have a rangefinder. I've only actually used it twice, but I I have to say I think knowing the distance that you're trying to hit the shot is probably the most important thing in golf. Oh. I think obviously we ask all our guests to add a rule to the board of commandments. I'm pretty sure now, Joe, that yours is gonna be no rangefinders. It's definitely no rangefinders. I just don't like, nah, fuck off. If you want to discuss how far away the the ball is from from the hole, like, actually encourage the discussion with your friends that you're with, whether it's with the the guy that you're playing with or the the three other people that you're playing with. Do you know what I mean? Like, just be like, oh, how how far do you think that is? Oh, it's about one ten, one twenty maybe, and then Steve will go. Nah, that looks about one thirty to me. Like, there's the enjoyment part, that you're all having a little quick discussion of how far away it is. It doesn't sound very efficient. It's not about the efficiency, it's about the the enjoyment factor, that you've all just had a little look at it, you've all got it wrong, and then you, you take a 9-iron out and you fuck it off anyway, and it's about 50, 50 yards short, and you go, oh, I wish I had a rangefinder. But then you go... Yeah, but the rangefinder would have made it boring. Would have made it quicker and efficient, but boring. Well, 
What a controversial delight it's been to have you here at Beef's Golf Club, Joe. I, I'm not confident that your rule is going to make it to the Board of Commandments, but I like that you focused on the social side of the game, the camaraderie, and the sort of the yardage guesswork, which I've not heard championed before. I also had just just, just one thing before you kick me out of the club, because I'm getting the impression that you know you've had enough of this um, anarchist. I've I've listened previously about the beef that you've got with chippers. I don't have any beef with chippers, Joe. The only beef with with chippers here is with beef exactly. himself. Exactly, it was mainly aimed at beef here because uh, you're fucking out of order. <laughs> like what what is wrong? What is wrong with having a chipper? You're you're like my mate Ari, who called me out. First of all, he called me out. Um, we're going around like the local club and there's four of us and he's he called me out and goes how many clubs have you got in your bag and i'm like i don't know and then he started counting them and he's like you've got too many clubs in your bag i went too many clubs for what he went well it's illegal to carry more than that i went what fuck off like <laughs> that's ridiculous and then he went and that's an illegal club itself and i went which one and it was the chipper that i pulled out <laughs> What is he talking <laughs> about? Went, what do you mean that's an illegal club? He said, no, they've banned that in, in golf. I went, why? He said, because it's, it's cheating. Um, and the worst thing out of that is we had such a hoo-ha about it that I was like, all right, I won't use it after this hole again. And then stormed off, cracked on with it, finished up, get back to uh, the clubhouse and then I'm like, just quickly checking all my all my clubs. I've only got and fucking left it on the course. <laughs> <laughs> like on the last hole that I was using, I've gone and left it. And because it's miles away and it's a long day, I couldn't be. But and because he'd given me so much shit on it, and it was an Ill in my mind, he'd convinced me it was an illegal club. I went, ah, oh, sod it, I'll leave it. And I've never had a chipper since. It will probably still be there. What do you mean, still be there? Someone's <laughs> looked at that and gone, cool, that's a decent bit of kit, and I'm going to use it because it's the best thing since sliced bread. What's your issue with the, with the chipper, Big? There's, there's no chance someone's stealing a chipper. What it is, have you ever played table tennis? Occasionally, yeah. Have you heard of the anti-spin bat? The anti-spin bat? Yeah, so have you seen them table t tennis bats where it's got, like, dimples on it? yeah. Yeah, so basically what that does is takes all the spin off the ball. So no matter how the ball comes to you, you can just pat it back and it'll be fine. It takes all the spin off. A chipper is basically the same thing as that in golf. That is the one of the worst analogies I've ever heard in my life. No way. How is it? It's nothing like an anti-spin bat. The anti-spin bat with the equivalent of one of those balls that goes straight that's illegal. Now, they are illegal because that is cheating. Sorry, what? There's a ball that does what? Just goes straight. What? There's a golf ball that only goes straight? Yeah. Where the fuck do you get these from? You get them online. They, they are illegal. What? So no matter what, I can hit that and it goes straight? Um, Within reason. I mean, if you stand at right angles, it's going to go straight. If you, you could still slice it. You could still like hook it if you really tried but it does go much straighter in fact <gasps> one of our first ever emails in was a guy who got a hole in one using one of them and then realized it was illegal because he'd found the ball in the hedge and he used it on the next tee got a hole in one and then checked it and it was one of those straight balls 
But does that then like make it not count? A hole in one is a hole in one, surely. Not if you're using a legal ball. I mean, if you're a social round, you could use whatever you like. Are you allowed to throw the ball? <laughs> no. <laughs> At no point are you allowed to throw the ball. Like if you get if you get fucked off in the woods and it's like really quite difficult and it's actually actually you're in a a position of danger. If you hit this ball with a golf club, it's actually dangerous to your health because the amount of ricochets that it could happen could just whack you on the head and you're a goner. So you should have the ability to have one chance if you find yourself stuck in this little forest where you don't hit it, but you can just lob it. Like you pick it up and lob it and maybe just take a drop shot. Like that's it. Just- well, you're allowed to take an unplayable lie drop which would involve a sort of throw, but that's just letting go of the ball and letting it drop. But it's still a no in terms of actually lobbing the ball. No, see, that's that's the other issue I'd like to contest. That instead of just dropping the ball back, like in a position for you to hit it, like in a in a more playable thing, that drop still counts. But you're allowed to throw it. Like you're allowed to throw it forward. Yeah, I'm, I think that's probably still a no. <laughs> But we should maybe get the RNA on and take some of their some of your suggestions to them because golf is trying to sort of become more modern, more um, more inclusive. Um, I'm not sure throwing is going to get added at any point, but you could try frisbee golf. There's frisbee golf as well. Yeah, it looks quite fun actually. Instead of a pin, you have a target you have to throw a frisbee into. I find it really hard though. How would you hit that frisbee with a golf club? <laughs> Break 100, I think, is such a good measure. Yeah. I think it's such a sort of competitive but fair score to start on. Yeah. Stephen's next target for 2023 is to break 90. How likely do you think it is that someone will break 190 in the same year? Oh, is that, well, it's possible. It took me nine months. Yeah. And... I was taking it quite seriously. I do think once you've broken 100, you've got all the tools you need to break 90. It's about sort of discipline and working on putting especially. Because this thing about putting is there's no mechanical reason why you can't putt as well as Tiger Woods in his prime, really. <laughs> you know, it's not, you don't have to go to the gym. You don't have to be kind of analysing your swing. If you've got a decent putting stroke, it's all about practice. What do you reckon to that? Yeah, I reckon if you ship in about 80,000 hours, yeah. Yeah. Y- you might get sort of but, halfway to it. <laughs> but there's no physical reason why you shouldn't. No, no no physical reason. But again, it's, it is. What you say about that is reps. Even if you can't get to a golf course, get a putting mat at home or putt to a mug, whatever. Putt to a biscuit, whatever it is at home, just keep hitting putts and get used to it. I think putt to a biscuit is one of the great golfing mantras I've ever heard. (laughs) This is the first time I've heard it. I think Beef's Golf Club, putt to a biscuit, and then when you hit the biscuit, you eat the biscuit. Yeah, but the thing is, you can make it easier or harder as well. You want to make it a bit easier, putt to a wagon wheel. Yeah, if you want to make it hard, putt to a jammy dodger and it has to sit, it has to rest in the centre of the jammy dodger. Exactly, yeah. If you're feeling like you really want some punishment, putt to a Malteser. (laughs) 
Part two a biscuit. You heard it here first, folks. It's a very good tip. Uh, one of our members has emailed us saying, Beef and John, just wanted to let you know I'm grabbing practice where I can, annual golfing weekend in six days, and hoping to break 100 on two consecutive rounds. Putting is my downfall. However, since your suggestion of putting to a biscuit, I'm mostly winning. Hit the biscuit, eat the biscuit is working a treat. <laughs> it's turning out to be the golf mantra that's setting the Beef's Golf Club alight, Beef. How can you patent a biscuit? Or something, so you can putt to it like it's an actual putting gadget. Well, you can patent the, the logo or motto, putt to a biscuit. Um, Joel Taylor says, I think we should have a special jammy dodger-shaped putting green, about 50-foot circle, with 10 foot of rough, with small mounds on the outside, like on the biscuit, and one single flag in the middle, where the three foot around the hole is dyed red. This is where drawn matches will be decided via a chip-off closest to the pin after three shots each from the rough takes it. Don't mind that. No, it's a great idea. I mean, I told you this is genius, putt to a biscuit. And I mean, the only thing I'm a bit concerned about, and it's only just dawned on me about, that your putting might be better, but your cholesterol might be getting a lot worse here. Yes, it's not going to do much for the BMI of the members, but you could also, you could putt to something healthy. You could putt to... Rice cake. A rice cake, yes. You could putt to a slice of roasted cauliflower, you could putt to a... What else is gross? A walnut. You could putt to a walnut, couldn't you? Oh, well, actually, no, they're they're even worse for calories, though they're much healthier, of course. A great idea. You could build, like, yeah, like you said, a big putt in green and have loads, especially for the long putts. I think it's genius. And have that, like, jammy dodger bit that's, like, three foot. So, again, instead of putting a tee behind the hole and stuff, you can just drop a ball from 20, 30, 40 foot and then just putt into the jammy dodger bit instead. It would save a lot of time. We've had some list other listener suggestions for the putting green at Beef's Golf Club. Michael Anderson says, can we have bumpers on the putting green like you get at the side of bowling lanes? <laughs> Ollie Cole says the main requirement should be that the practice green is maintained to the same speed as the greens on the actual course. That is all I ask for. That's a great shout. What do you reckon? Have you come across practice greens that give you no read whatsoever on the main course? Oh, a couple of times. Yeah, a couple of times when you come out and they're like, sometimes they've been quicker as well. And all of a sudden you get on the first and you hit one a couple foot short and you're like, oh, that's a bit weird. And you get on the second again, a couple for short, and you're like, fucking hell. You're like these practice greens, and they, they do. They cause up a big problem, man, if they're the wrong speed, 100%. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't give you any help whatsoever. Um, this is a great suggestion from Alexander David. Can I request that Beef's Golf Club practice green has excellent selection of trees and bushes around it so I can practice hacking out from behind the many obstacles? This is where most of my shots are played from. Superb idea. And also... As I always say, Beef, when you're starting at golf and you're not very good, because you're not very good, you're often playing the ball from the most difficult positions, behind trees, slopes, from like horrible scrapings, from, you know, roots and bushes and stuff. So you do need to practice those little sort of chip outs because it's all well and good saying, I'll oh, take your medicine, just chip it out. But that's no good if you don't know how to do that. So are you saying we're going to build a whole new chipping area that's for hacking out of bushes and chipping out from behind trees well what you want is like a practice fairway so maybe like a 30 yard stretch of fairway and on either side it's got trees bushes 
It's got horrible little mounds. It's got like bits that your mate won't agree as a molehill, bits that your mate won't agree as a rabbit hole. And you have to practice all those really awkward shots where you're like gripping down on a six iron or you can't play through your legs. But like playing left-handed if you're a right-handed golfer, turning the club around, all those sorts of bits that you have to do when you crap at golf. I've just got such a good image in my head of like someone walking down with their clubs and a bucket of balls and dropping their clubs in the balls behind a tree and just yeah. chipping out of the fairway. <laughs> We've got more suggestions for the putting green. This is from Martin Dean. Martin says, can we have sensors that detect when a putt longer than 10 foot is sunk. When a long putt drops, it can trigger audio like a golf audience round of applause. This would be a great way to set you up for the coming round if you sink a few. Brilliant idea. What do you reckon? Absolutely love it. And imagine that, like, if you heard, like, a cheer from, like, you're on the second green and you heard a cheer from a fifth and you'd be like, ah, oh, someone's hold, like, a 15-foot or something epic. And, like, you could give them a little wave. Could you maybe record the sound of you going, yes, mate, <laughs> for when the uh, ball drops in that we can we can put in the uh, speakers? Oh, I like it, like, um, a big roar, a big cheer, like Tiger's playing. Go on, then. Well, I can't do, like, 20,000 people cheering. Yeah, Tiger! <laughs> like that. <Woo>! Okay. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> well, Beef, there we are, both of us wiping tears from our eyes as we reflect on some of the highlights from this series. Beef, could you sum it up? How's it been for you? So much fun, as always. Loved every minute of it. Listening to stories, breaking hundreds, the sins, the goss. I- Absolutely epic. Yeah, and we can't wait to uh, catch up with some of you this week at Beefstock. Uh, Beef is going to be on the barbecue, aren't you, Beef? Oh, 100%, yeah. What kind of cuts are we talking? Oh, you mean cooking? I thought be like near the barbecue eating all the food. Well, I, I would imagine it's a bit of both. I reckon it'll be a struggle to actually get any food because Beef's going to be cooking it and eating it, so it sort of becomes like a closed-loop system. <laughs> he's, he's actually adapted a chair... Uh, into a sort of commode so he can sit at the barbecue he can cook the food eat it pass it through a system and just sort of continue perpetually forever there might be a few nibbles out of someone's food i apologize for it now (laughs) a few bite marks in your ribeye but also it'd be nice to show everyone north mid because it's such a welcoming uh, friendly club really good atmosphere there yeah that's that's one of the things as well having it at North Mid is it's one of the places I grew up in and it's always been so welcoming to everyone. Um, so I think it's just a lovely spot to do it and I think everyone will feel really comfortable being there. Yeah, just imagine playing that course and knowing that every single tree you pass at some point in his life, Beef has done a little wee behind. You know, from a, a, young, little, a young little Beef at six right up to modern day Beef. And obviously, as time progresses, we do more wees as, as, as we age, as men get older. So, you know, there's, there's not going to be a single bush, furrow or branch that hasn't uh, witnessed uh, beef relieving himself at some point over the decades. <laughs> it's just a lovely memory to have yeah. right in there. Lovely thought. So... Catch up with all of the action from Beefstock in the episodes that are to come. And uh, we wish you all the best. Thanks so much for all your correspondence. Send anything to beef at crowdnetwork.co.uk. And we look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
proud network. A place where you belong. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.